You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking rates and lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, everyone. This is Rico Mohammed coming to you live tonight from South Haven, Mississippi. Right outside the Associated Grocers Warehouse here in South Haven, Mississippi. Uh, just got done with a delivery early this morning, getting ready to move on to our second stop as soon as the podcast ends tonight. But uh, tonight we wanted to deal specifically, uh, if anyone has any questions surrounding rates and lanes, want to talk about how uh, the changing market on what's going on right now with rates and what's going on, what, what are you seeing, where, where you are, what are some of your experiences. Um, so basically that's, uh, synopsis of the show tonight. I'm going to start off as we normally do. We're going to jump over and get the report from DAT. We'll review that really quickly. But if you have any questions or if you have any comments, uh, if I can look up a rate in a lane for you, feel free. Go ahead and press number one. Uh, got our call screener back in tonight. Miss Ayanna will be able to screen your call and get you right up over to me. So with that said, I'm going to go ahead and jump into the DAT trend lines report for this week, September 14th through the 20th. And the rates slipped last week from the previous week's spike for vans reefers and flatbeds. This trend is consistent with declining load-to-truck ratios. Rates remain strong for the seat. We're going to jump over and see what the U.S. van demand looks like for this week. And it says that for the 14th through the 20th, van freight rates availability dip. 2.1%. Capacity remains stable, down 0.2% from last week, resulting load-to-truck ratio decline 1.9% from 3.2 to 3.1 as a national average. This reflects ongoing robust demand for vans on the spot market. Now, usually one thing that I found was the uh, load-to-truck ratio when it comes to vans, a nice Margin. The nice place to be is above three. So as long as you're above three, uh, three to one on the truck on the load to truck ratio, you still are very. Uh, as, as the report says, you still have a good bit of negotiating room on your rates on the spot market. Doesn't mean that you're going to be able to get crazy astronomical numbers that we may have been seeing uh, earlier in the summer months. We're starting to get into fall, and as long as you are in a market that is above a three, you're still in pretty good shape. There's another note here that says that August van ratios added 5.2%, the national ratio average 3.3 in August, a 5.2 increase compared to July, and 25% above the level of August 2013. Uh, it has some other information here about the chart, and what I may do is just post this chart a little bit later on. Uh, on the Crescent Carrier LLC fan page. Uh, we also have, I'm going to jump over into the DAT trend lines for rates. So dry vans, the national average rate for vans declined $0.05 cents last week to $2.03 per mile. Rates remain solidly above $2 per mile throughout the month of September. And we'll target the highlighted markets that they have on the map. They are highlighting in the northeast. Philadelphia is showing a $2.01 per mile average out of Atlanta, showing a $2.06 per mile per average. 
out of Chicago, showing an average of $2.25 per mile. Dallas shows for dry vans $1.83 on average per mile. And the out of the Los Angeles market shows a $2.21 per mile average for dry vans. Another little note here it says van rates lose six cents in August. The monthly average rate van dropped six cents in August, a typical trend for the season compared to August of 2013. However, van rates are up 8.7% from $1.84 to $2, including the fuel surcharge. So that's, that is a little bit of silver lining to that gray cloud there. Jump over to U.S. flatbed demand. And one more thing, uh, if there's anyone out there that's listening that is customer. Uh, my expertise, I got a little bit of background with uh, vans and reefers, but I really would love to get someone that is, that is really strong with the uh, hopper bottoms or uh, low boys and, and, and the RGN freight, stuff of that nature. I really would love to have someone maybe come on to the podcast so that we can try to get some more information out from people that are actually doing those segments. I've never done those segments, so I don't proclaim to be any expert on any of that. But I'd love to get someone on that, that has more uh, expertise in those areas and maybe we can uh, maybe uh, try to have you come on uh, and shed a little bit more light on how negotiating tactics and things that are done in that segment so that people that are listening can gain information from that as well. But jumping back over to the flatbed ratio dips 5.6%. Load availability lost 4% for flatbeds last week, and capacity rose 1.7, resulting in that 5.6 decline in the load-to-truck ratio to 30.1 loads per truck. Demands for flatbed remains strong, and capacity is constrained despite the downward trend. Ratios double versus 2013 is another little side note they have here. Low volume declined 2.4% in August compared to July, and capacity dipped 2.9%. So the load-to-truck ratio was mostly unchanged compared to August 2013. However, the ratio more than doubled with a 106% increase. That is banana. But this year, the, 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 the ratio is just off the chart almost. So uh, the guys in the flatbed and RGN, uh, uh, you know, uh, step deck market should be seeing, still seeing really good rates. Which, speaking of rates, let's look at the U.S. flatbed rates for this week. September 14th through the 20th, flatbed rates slipped 6 cents, 2.4% last week, to a national average of $2.39 per mile. Demand remains strong for flatbeds, and rates continue to be elevated for the season. The other side note here is that rates added 21 cents versus 2013. The national average rate flatbed lost one cent in August to 2043 compared to 2013. However, flatbed rates rose 21 cents per mile, and it's showing the highlighted markets on the map showing a Harrisburg highlighted market, $3.81 per mile. Atlanta, out of the southeast, $2.94 per mile for flatbed. Rock Island, in the Midwest, $2.95 on average per mile. 
Houston is showing a $3.09 on average per mile, and Phoenix market is showing a $2.22 average per mile for flatbeds. Jumping over into the U.S. reefer demand, reefer freight availability slipped 3.2% last week, and capacity remained stable, yielding a 3.1% decline in the load-to-truck ratio from 9.1 to 8.8. That ratio includes continued strong demand in the refrigerated segment, especially in Atlanta, Green Bay, and Sacramento. Uh... Wow, I probably beg to differ a little bit about that Atlanta scenario. Atlanta, it's been a little tight here lately. Uh, the monthly ratio, monthly average ratio for August increased 11% to 10.1, a surprising bounce for August compared to August of 2013. The load-to-truck ratio was 24% higher last month. And once again, they have a chart here, but since we're on a podcast, uh, the visuals don't do as much good here, so I'll post that later on on the uh, Facebook groups and also on the Crescent Carriers page. Runs up over into the rate segment. The national average rate for reefers lost $0.03 cents last week, dropping back to $2.33 per mile as a national average. Rates gain strength outbound from Elizabeth, New Jersey, and Ontario, California. Home to many refrigerated warehouses and an origin point for shipments of Halloween candy. So you're seeing out of Elizabeth, New Jersey, showing an average of $2.45 per mile. The highlighted market in the southeast is Lakeland, Florida. It's a dollar forty-nine cents per mile out of Lakeland, Florida is the average out of that area. Green Bay, Wisconsin, showing an average of three dollars twenty-two cents per mile. McAllen, Texas, is showing an average of a dollar sixty-five per mile. And Fresno, California, is showing two dollars and sixteen cents on average per mile. And the other little side note here. Says that rates dropped seven cents in August. Reefer rates declined another seven cents in August. The national average of two dollars twenty-eight cents per mile. Rates have remained relatively strong for reefers throughout the summer, exceeding August twenty thirteen averages by nineteen cents. So even though it might be uh, a little tight, a lot better than it was last year. Post like I said, I'll post this report to some of the groups, and also I'll post it on Crescent Carriers fan page. Going to jump over really quickly to the USDA truck market report. And if you have any questions or anything that you'd like to add, just go ahead and press number one so we can get your call screen. Uh, jumping over to the USDA truck market report, there are a couple of markets that are showing a shortage for trucks that you might want to focus your activity on if you can haul produce. Uh, the Upper Valley Twin Falls, Burley District, Idaho, is showing a shortage. And I'll scroll down in the report. We got a little time tonight. I'll scroll down in the report, and I'll tell you exactly what is coming out of these areas. Um, Idaho County, Oregon, is showing a shortage. Minnesota, North Dakota, is showing a shortage. Columbia Basin, Washington, is showing a shortage. Yakima Valley District, Washington, is showing a shortage. 
But let me scroll down further in the report and let's see what exactly is coming out of these areas. Uh, Central San Joaquin Valley, uh, not necessarily showing a shortage. Let me see, San Joaquin Valley is showing that it, there's adequate supplies of trucks in that area, but they are moving right now. Peaches, pomegranates, plums, grapes, apples, pears. Santa Maria, California, they're moving broccoli, cauliflower, iceberg lettuce, strawberries, raspberries. That market is showing an adequate supply of trucks. Kern District in California, they're moving carrots and grapes. They're showing an adequate supply of trucks in that, that market. The South District of California, they're moving raspberry, avocados, citrus, also showing adequate supply of trucks in that area. Salinas, Watson, California, they're moving broccoli, California. I mean, broccoli, excuse me, cauliflower, <laughs> iceberg lettuce, lettuce, romaine, berries, they're showing an adequate supply of trucks in that market. Sacramento and San Joaquin Valley. It's moving pairs right now, showing an adequate supply of trucks in that market. San Joaquin Valley, California, cantaloupes, honeydews, watermelons, bell peppers, and corn. They're showing an adequate supply in that market. San Luis Valley, Colorado, potatoes is showing a shortage in the San Luis Valley, Colorado. So that's a market that you, if you're in that market, that might be something that you might want to focus on. South Georgia is moving cucumbers, eggplants, squash. They are showing an adequate supply of trucks in that market. Upper Valley Twin Falls, Burley District, Idaho. Potatoes is what's coming out of that area right now. They are showing a shortage of trucks in that area. Mississippi is moving some sweet potatoes right now. They are showing an adequate supply of trucks in that market right now. Eastern North Carolina, sweet potatoes are getting ready to start moving in that area. They are showing an adequate supply of trucks in that market right now. But one thing while I'm going through this report, um, one thing that especially in these markets, if you happen to be servicing in, in any of those marketplaces, it would be probably a good time to maybe start making a list of uh, produce brokers, uh, packers of, of any of these types of produce or whatever. It might be a good time to maybe just start calling on some of these people to see if you might be able to get, get your foot in the door to get some direct freight out of these areas. Uh, Idaho, Merrill County, Oregon, they are showing a shortage. They are moving onions out of that area right now. Nebraska, it's this first report from Nebraska, they're moving potatoes out of Nebraska right now. There's a slight shortage going on for trucks in that area. Louisiana is showing an they're moving sweet potatoes out of Louisiana right now. They're showing an adequate supply of trucks out of Louisiana. New York is moving apples. They are showing an adequate amount of trucks in that market. Also out of New York, they are moving onions. Still showing adequate supply of trucks. Michigan is moving apples. They're showing an adequate supply of trucks. Michigan is moving blueberries. Looks like the, the season is coming to an end on the blueberries in Michigan. They are showing an adequate amount of trucks. Also, onions, there's a slight shortage coming out of Michigan. Western and central North New York, beans, cabbage, and cucumbers, they're showing an adequate amount of trucks. 
Mexico crossing through Texas. They're moving citrus, tomatoes, carrots, mangoes, mixed fruits and vegetables, slight surplus of trucks, meaning there are more trucks there than there are loads. So you may be coming out of there as the rates indicated when we talked about it earlier off the DAT report. I think they were showing a dollar sixty five average coming off and down in uh the Mexico crossing down to Texas. So might not be the greatest thing to move right now, but if you're moving in that lane, if it works for your numbers, then have at it. Uh, Minnesota, North Dakota, Red River Valley, potatoes, they are showing a shortage in that market. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma, they are moving some watermelons in the, out of those markets. Um, they're showing an adequate supply of trucks. Yakima Valley, District Washington, apples, pears, they're showing a severe shortage in those markets. And the rates that I'm seeing on here reflects it. Uh, Columbia Basin, Washington, showing they're moving potatoes and onions. There's a shortage there. Central Wisconsin, potatoes and onions, they're showing an adequate supply of trucks there. So I'll quickly kind of breeze through both of those reports. And tonight, I really would like to have uh, some caller interaction. I see we got a few callers. We got a few callers on the line. You can go ahead and press number one, but I would want to try to kind of poll some of you guys and see what rates are you seeing out there. What has been your experience over the past week? Is there anything that we might be able to do to help point you in the right direction on any, any areas where you want to know what rates are doing in that area? What's going on? We're here for your, at your disposal for that. We can try to uh, pull some rates for you and try to point you in the right direction on that. Um, earlier this week, I've seen some discussions about um, things that go bad with loads on the spot market. Um, how do you handle those situations? That is why um, I tried to have Henry Seaton on. He comes on with us once a month. And I know that you know sometimes you don't... Um, know exactly how to formulate your question or whatever, but I got, I got a very strong opinion about when things go bad with brokers and, and um, you know, the, sometimes the iron-fisted approach that they come and try to have us just basically take whatever they're willing to offer. There's two different ways that I see to look at the situation, and the way that I see it is that, you know, I'm all about trying to make sure that business gets done, that we're not hindering uh, commerce. I want to make sure that I'm doing good business, but at the same time, I value my customers, but I want my customers to also see the value that I bring to this. I don't believe in just a one-sided negotiation. Uh, too often, a lot of times with these uh, larger brokers, it's been my experience that they basically are going to tell you what your rates are going to be after you are under a load and they are unwilling to negotiate with you. And I just, that doesn't really, that really doesn't do it for me. Um, and I think that it must be a two-way street and that we try to do what, we, do what we can to resolve the issue. I understand that everybody's not going to get necessarily what they want, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you should be the one that, bears the brunt of the expenses of everything for for somebody else to screw up. So I kind of taken a little bit of a hard line on some of these things. And, and uh, you know, um, just like the brokers try to have a, 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 a list of saying, well, I'm not going to call on you. Um, I'm not going to do business anymore. Then, you know, 
I think that my value, my service has some value as well, and I just choose not to. If, if I'm developing, if I'm seeing that there's beginning to be a pattern with the broker, with this situation coming down, then I'm kind of taking that same stance. I don't really want to um, do business with them as well. If, if that's if that's so be the case, if that's the way they like to do business. But with that said, I'm going to jump over, um, start taking some of these calls. I see some of you guys are calling in. We want to get you in. Let's see. Let's go to Texas. We got Karen calling in from Texas. Karen, are you there? Hi. I'm here, Rico. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for calling um, in. How can we help? Um, well, we're pulling hopper bottom, and right now is the start of harvest season, so a yes, lot ma'am. of hopper bottoms are getting pulled off the route and going back to the field. And, I mean, they're starting corn here shortly, and they're expecting a bumper crop. So they're going to beat two to three months on that harvest, and then they got bean harvest after that. So, I mean, hopper rates, you sh- I mean, we're getting, we've been averaging about $2 a mile on hopper rates. Okay, and what areas and of the all miles. I, I do all 48, right? We've been sitting west here lately. Well, the southwest and um, up into Idaho. So. Now, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong. No, normally, with hopper bottoms, do they do they also base rates based on the weight? Yes. Yeah, you get based by the ton. So, what does that what what would that two dollar per mile translate into? So, you're educating me right now. Okay. Um, to give you a for instance, okay. Um, I'm picking up blood meal in Texas and taking it to Idaho. Pays $160 a ton. We can get 25 ton on. That's a $4,000 load for 1,300 miles. Okay, 160 bucks per ton. Yeah. Okay. And you can carry twenty five times, right? Okay, I'm, I'm I'm making notes right here in my little book so I can start try to have something to refer back to on hopper bottom. Uh huh. So now, do you have you been trying to have um, make any contact with any of these uh, grain facilities or anything that moves hopper bottoms to maybe get in there yourself to move directly or? You mostly doing broker freight. I mostly I mostly do broker freight. And so for any of our listeners, what do we do? For any of our listeners that are out there, have you found any uh, broker that you might recommend that 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 they're they're looking to um, get in with someone doing good stuff? Yeah, um, Gavilon out of Kansas City. Line. All right, all right. And is there anything else you'd like to add tonight, with Karen? I appreciate you calling in and giving us a little bit of uh, education on the hopper bottom. Um, if there were any other questions you had about them, I, I I can try and answer them to the best of my ability. Well, Karen, I tell you what, I like to, I, I like to do. Um, maybe I can give you. Um, I can keep your number. And uh, give you a call, 
and maybe uh, you could give me a crash course on it one um, off air. That way I can try to, uh, we got a few callers with some questions on here. But um, but definitely if, if you will stay online and someone else happens to have a call, uh, uh, call calls in with a question about hopper bottoms, uh, I got you on standby. You might be my resident hopper bottom expert. I, I, I will do that for you. I appreciate it, Karen. No problem, Rico. I'll, I'll, I'll put you right back on hold. Let's see. Let's see. Go to Bruce in Arizona. Good evening, Rico. Bruce, are you there? Hey, Bruce, yes, how you I doing? am. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm yourself? well. Well, I'm doing. Yeah, I'm. I'm well, Bruce. <laughs> well, I'm not doing so well. I've been sitting at this shipper now for seven and a half hours, and they're finally loading me. So that's not the best thing to. Yeah. You know, and it's Arizona. There's no freight down here. I spent seven days down here looking for a load. Finally found one that I could afford to take. And now I've been here for seven and a half hours waiting to get loaded. So it's not been the best of days for me, but there's always brighter. The sun will come up tomorrow and there'll be a new day again. Right, right. It's just one of those type of things. When it's like that, you have to just kind of take your lump and uh, try to get into a better area like you say, a, a one you can afford to take. And I'm looking at the map right now, and you're right, Arizona is uh, is desperate. Hey, can I, you put me back on hold? My paperwork is, is coming. I'll come back to me in about 15 minutes. Sure thing, Bruce. We'll put you back on hold. All right, let's go to Missouri. We don't have a name for Missouri, but uh, call the call in from Missouri at the 913 area code. Hey, Rico, this is Patrick Brown. How are you? Um, well, sir, it looked like, try it again, Patrick. We might have a little bit of problem with that line. Okay, how about now? That's a little bit better. Okay, um, I just have some questions. Can you hear me? Sure. Okay. I have some questions about the Missouri market a little bit. I, I live in the Joplin area, and I've talked to you a few times before about it, but I've noticed a, uh, a drastic change in the last couple of weeks, which I understand rates have fallen a little bit, but there's some, some volatility in my area. Just kind of curious uh, what your what your thoughts and opinions were about maybe some different lanes that I could try. Um, most of the what time, time of, I'm, I'm what, what, what type uh, of what type of freight? Uh, Drive-in freight, 53 foot uh, swing door freight. Um, uh, most of the time, I. What I like to do is, is running like the Indiana, Illinois, Ohio area, uh, short trips around that area. But out of the area that I live in, the Joplin area, to get over there is just as such a drastic difference than what they're willing to pay going to Texas. And I know a lot of people don't like Texas, and I don't particularly care for it either. But, I mean, I can get right around $4 a mile coming out of Joplin going to Texas. Uh, and depending upon the area, sometimes I can get a little bit more. Um, a job with a Texarkana, uh, the run that I ran recently, about 10 days ago, um, 300 loaded miles, paid $1,500. Uh, Joplin to Houston, uh, right at $1,800 on 580 loaded miles. Um, run where, that where, 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 where do you Where do you want to go to? Well, I, I really want to get to Illinois and Indiana. I just can't afford to get over there. I mean, it, they, they want to pay a dollar a mile coming out of Joplin going over there, and it's hard to justify 
you know, trying to get to a better area, but yet, you know, you, you lose a thousand dollars going over there. So I didn't know if there was a may, maybe a lane that I could take out of out of the out of the Joplin area to try and you know maybe position myself two loads away getting there. I'm trying to see if I can go in now to pull some rates back from Joplin to Indianapolis, and I'm showing that uh, Joplin to Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm showing rates of for a dry van a dollar eighty three on average per mile. Boy, I sure can't you... find that. <laughs> that, I sure can't that's find that. Well, there might that. be. It might pay a dollar eighty-three, but there's just not a ton of freight that goes that way to begin with. The, the majority of the freight that I find when you open up the load board in the Joplin area, I would say probably eighty percent of the freight goes to Texas. Um, you know, which you know is, is kind of good when you're using that as a, as a negotiating tool, but. I kind of get tired of going down there and then fighting and scrapping my way back up, and and a lot of times I'll end up right. still deadheading back, which is okay, you know. I mean, when you're getting four bucks a mile, you can still make two dollars both ways, but I don't really like doing that. Okay, what type of low board do you have? I have. Uh, okay, you got power. Okay, well, all right. If you have power, then you should have the feature on power that has uh, the lane makers feature. Yeah, and I've tried to use that before, but I guess I don't understand it. Okay, well, what you what you want to do is um, with lane makers, you want to put in your 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 city where you are in your destination city, and this like branches for sake of argument, we're using Indianapolis right now for this conversation. So you maybe want to put in Joplin, Missouri, and then put in Indianapolis, Indiana. And what that's going to do, if you put that in the lane maker, that's going to, it should give you, a, uh, within the past 60, 90, and 30 days, which brokers have moved loads in that lane. So then you can start to identify which bro- out of those brokers, you know, how many loads that particular broker has moved in that particular lane. And... If you want to continue to work on the spot market, that may give you an indication of going and speaking directly with those brokers to maybe find out if they have dedicated freight. It kind of eliminates some of the process, and you you can start to target uh, those particular brokers that are moving the freight in that lane where you want to go to, and you might have some better success once you establish that relationship with them to start getting better rates. also, you might want to start, you know, start start a, a marketing campaign, um, and and in your area, going to uh, going to your designated city, what's the city that you would like to go to? Um, I pulled Joplin and Indianapolis, and I have uh, some other option cities that 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 you know, DAT has the uh, trial option um, as part of the. Uh, so I'm showing that Quincy, Illinois, um, it, it gives you other alternatives to get to Indianapolis other than going directly there, and it shows you different ways to increase your rate. Uh, Quincy, Illinois is one place that they're recommending. Uh, Juliet, Illinois, Chicago, Illinois, uh, Cape Girardeau, Missouri, which uh, is, is uh, a short skip. From where you are, it's only 337 miles. 
uh, from Joplin. But Cape Girardeau, uh, I know that there's a ton of freight coming out of Cape Girardeau. Um, there's also, like, that's like in the Jackson, Missouri area. Um, as I've told people before, Nestle has a um, kitty litter plant over that way. And they, over the, at that uh, Nestle plant, uh, the gentleman that I spoke to over there, um, they prefer to deal directly with carriers. They don't like dealing with brokers at all. They would prefer to deal directly with carriers. And uh, so there's a lead right there that you might uh, be able to follow up on. Uh, if you shoot me a message on uh, on Facebook, uh, or better yet, shoot me a message on LinkedIn. If you're on LinkedIn, and uh, I have the um, the um, shipping coordinator is, is on LinkedIn, and I'm connected with him, and I'll introduce you directly to him uh, if, you, if you're thinking about maybe pursuing something of that on that freight. And also the last city that they had on here is South Bend, Indiana, um, coming out of uh coming out of Joplin, Missouri. And all of these okay. different cities are, are designed to try to help add more money to your bottom line with the tri hall feature that DAT offers. Rico, where do, where is the tri hall feature on that power? Because I I've not been able to find that. I, I saw the lane makers but I didn't. I don't see that when I open up the main screen there. You 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 don't have it. It's not on power. You have to have uh. You have to have rate view, and you have okay. to have. I think the level of service that I have because I've had my my service for quite some time, and I think it, the level of service I have. I don't think they offer this package anymore. I think they grandfathered me in on it, um, but. It, it has a little bit of different features because I've seen some other people that have uh, the rate view option, and I still have a little bit more information than what they are showing. Um, not a whole lot more, just a little bit more than what they're showing. Um, but but you, you sh if you have the rate view, you should have the uh, try haul feature. It, it's uh, right up under the compare options tab on the lower board. Yeah, I think under my service, that's something I have to add. Rico, I'm gonna let somebody else get on here, man. I, I really appreciate what you do, and I'll uh, I'll shoot you a message on Facebook. Yeah, if, you, if you're on LinkedIn, shoot me a message on LinkedIn, and I'll make a connection with you with the guy over in uh, that that that's the uh, shipping coordinator over at Nestle there in uh, uh, Jackson, Missouri. Okay, great. So if you, you but yeah, so if you got dry vans, that would definitely um, I'll be more than glad to. Make that connection with you, maybe get you a direct customer going there. Let's see if we can jump back and catch up with Bruce. See if Bruce is done with his paperwork. Hey, Rico. Hey, hey, Bruce. You got you got squared away over there. Yeah, I'm rolling again. So, uh, there's been That's some good. discussion on. Yeah, there's been some discussion on Facebook on some of the other groups about the rates coming out of the Northwest and how some people were expressing frustration whatnot with the rates they were were being quoted and and that the, they didn't feel like that the brokers were coming up to the table like they think they should have well my take on that is, is if you look at the USDA uh, rate structure for the last several weeks the northwest right. and Idaho have been on the shortage of trucks for the last three consecutive weeks, which a lot of times doesn't happen even out of California because everybody flocks out and there, and within a week or two, the shortage has now become a surplus. 
uh, so, you know, that's already an anomaly that there's been three weeks where a region or two or three all in the same area have been short on trucks. But if you look at the rates that are being paid, they haven't fluctuated at all except for a couple very specific destinations and, and shipping locations. Primarily, all of them, if you look at it, there's zero movement on the rates. Right. And I can attest to that because two weeks ago I was in Phoenix and a broker out of Idaho paid me $2,000 to deadhead to Idaho to pick up a load to go to Kansas City area. Well, this week there was nothing like that happening. Already last week, a week ago at this time, there was nothing like that and it never did materialize. So, I mean, I know people are upset that they think that, you know, $7,000 or $7,500 freight to New York City, what's being quoted on, on the USDA, turns out to be $6,500 or $7,000 to the truck. But one thing that I think we have to remember is that except for some of the fruits that are the soft-skinned fruits, Apples, onions, potatoes store very well for a long time. Right, and, right. And so, you know, it's been said before that if a potato shipper doesn't ship them this week, he'll find trucks next week. And I think that's something that we're going to have to understand is that the rates, even though they are, they were paying exorbitant rates one week, the shippers cannot stand to pay those kind of rates because or for, for a long duration because the commodity that they're shipping, because there's an overabundance of apples, onions, potatoes this year, pears, the commodity price is such that you can only add so much freight to it before the marketing of the crop becomes a negative, and we all know how it works to, to run a business when you're you know, in the red all the time. You just can't do it. So, I mean, I I sympathize with the people who went to the Northwest the last couple of weeks only to find out that the rates aren't what they were expecting, but yet I don't have the ability to, you know, to look back what it was a year ago, but I'm guessing that the rates are $1,000 to the truck higher than what they were last year at this time. I, I can't say that for sure, but that's just my guess. Uh yeah, not only that, Bruce, uh, I think that, you know, it kind of goes back to, you know, we really got to be making sure that we're operating our business like a business and make sure that we're operating, you know, as long as we're staying above our profit margins and stuff is our, our cost of operation. Um, you know, like I've said before, you know, kids get fat, hogs get slaughtered, and, and we can't always be trying to go for the jackpot all the time. Now, far be it for me to, uh, to tell someone that, you know, to cut their rate or anything like that, but I'm just saying um, sometimes it's better to get rich slow than to try to get rich quick. Yes. And and I think that um, I think that a lot of a lot of people are running into, you know, you got to start doing some homework, especially with produce. I'm, I'm, some of the things that I'm learning is that, like, um, take, for instance, it's eastern North Carolina. They're saying sweet potatoes are moving out of eastern North Carolina, which there is a little bit of movement of sweet potatoes out of eastern North Carolina, but they really are not going to really start pumping hard 
until another couple of weeks out of uh, North Carolina. And the reason that I know this is because I've been making phone calls to the packers and the shippers in the area up in eastern North Carolina, and this is the information that I've been getting back, that they're not really doing any shipping right now because they still haven't been able to really do a, a really good harvest out of the field as of yet. So, well, it's, it's, winter, it's winter sweet potatoes eaten. I'm sorry? I was like, Rico, winter sweet potatoes eaten. They're eating the third Thursday in, in Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving <laughs> third Thursday in November, and that's, and that's pretty well when they're eating. You know, most people don't eat them other once or twice a year, and it's usually around that date. Well, actually, Bruce, with, with all of the uh, health-conscious people that have been kicking in and the popularity now of the sweet potato fries and stuff like that, Sweet potatoes have actually started. It's kind of like avocados. It's, uh, avocados have, have the, the shipments of avocados have, have whipped up a uh, tremendous amount because of the popularity of the different type of foods, you know, the, the, the food trends. Yeah. So, you know, you got to be, we have to be uh, thinking outside the box. And there was an interesting article that was uh, published uh, actually yesterday out of um, the uh, CCJ. Uh, Kevin Jones reported it, it came out of the, they had a, a shipper conference down in San Antonio. And the title of the, uh, the title of the article says that supply, supply chain pros believe truckers no longer crying wolf on driver shortage. And it, it's basically talking about a, it's a state of the union 20, 2014 CSCMP annual global conference, a gathering of some 3,000 professionals in San Antonio this week featured a array of specialized, specialized trucking. Um, so they had, a, they had a, a big conference down in San Antonio this past week. And this is the report that came out there. I'll, I'll post the link to that on Facebook later on. I think it's a good read. Uh-oh. Are you there, Bruce? Yes, I am. Are you still there, Rico? Yeah, we got a lot of got a lot of air in the background on your line. Okay. All right. Well, I'm. I need to go scale out my truck. You get my scale ticket and get rolling. So I'll I'll let you go and I'll listen in for the rest of the hour. But appreciate you taking my call. No problem, Bruce. I appreciate you calling in. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, we have to start doing a lot more research on a lot of the stuff that we're looking at uh, as far as the rates and everything is concerned. Uh, reefers and drive boxes is where my um, most of my expertise comes in at. Um, right now, throughout the most of the country, um, as far as flatbeds, flatbeds is killing it right now. Still, that would probably be, if I had a choice, that would probably be the preferred market that I would want to be in, but since I don't have a flatbed, I only have uh, I only pull reefers right now. Uh, and then the part of the country that I like to operate in, it's really kind of drying up. Uh, it's starting to come back, starting to pick back up. But man, for the past two months, it has been really, really, really tight for reefers in the southeast. Um, they're now in the northwest, uh, out in that area. It's been boom, boom feast. I mean, it's it's the down south is it's kind of been famine, but it's starting to kind of spread back out a little bit. 
for reefers and also for dry vans. Um, for the most part, it's still kind of stable throughout the country. Most markets are above three for dry vans. Like I said, on on uh, as long as you're above three to one ratio with dry vans, you're you're pretty good. You still can see pretty decent rates. Uh, you're going to start to see uh, in the tougher markets where it's hard for reefers in the southeast, the dry vans are going to suffer on rates because you're going to start getting reefers leaking back into the dry vans, trying to uh, um, raid a little bit of that freight from the dry van market. Um, so that's going to hurt. <laughs> that's going to hurt a little bit of your rates when it comes to uh, dry vans. And let's see here. I'm sorry we got a little technical difficulty going on there. But um, if you have any questions, if I can look up a rate for you, go ahead and hit number one, and we'll be happy to try to look up a rate for you to try to pull some rates back and help you out to see if we can help you get better rates in a lane that you want to look at if you have any questions about a lane, we can try to pull the rates for that to try to give you a little bit of room, uh, idea of where you need to be negotiating at, give you some ideas on what the loads per truck are in the markets where you are. We can tell you what the historical rates have been in that particular market in that lane. So if you have any questions that pertain to that, go ahead and hit number one, and we'll get you right on up and get you in and get your question answered. We got about 15 minutes left in the show. Let's go to caller in the 832 area code. Caller in the 832, are you there? Yes, sir, I am. Uh, real simple, basic question. What is the definition right. of, a, of a lane? Is there, has DAT or somebody said that you know, point A to point B, like Houston to Denver is a lane, or can you go in and try and, you know, try and say, I don't know, what exact, how are lanes established, I guess is what I'm asking. Well, basically, um, lanes would be, I guess you would say, from one major market to another one would be a, would be a, a, a I think would probably be the best layman's way to explain it. Like, say, for instance, the ma like major markets like from Dallas to Atlanta, Atlanta to Chicago, certain cities like that, you know, your major markets because, the, you know, your major metropolitan areas. But uh, to drill down and be more, um, you can go from market, you can get more specific from market to market because the lanes are like uh, the surrounding cities that are around those major markets they're kind of going to, um, the rates are kind of going to be derived a little bit from what the major markets are doing, going to the other specific major markets. So in every, uh, throughout the United States, you know, you have major cities throughout the United States. So whatever, from what one particular major market to another particular major market, the, the rates in, in that particular lane are going to be a little bit similar. There may be a little bit of uh, fluctuation, but for the most part, it's going to be kind of close to whatever the major um, the major cities are demanding going back and forth in between that particular lane. Does, does that make sense to you? You got, you got the concept of that? Yes, yes, sir. Now, when you go looking for, let's say, like, yeah, I'm coming into Greenville, South Carolina to drop a load. Uh, All right. When you're looking, when you're looking to get out of, 
Yeah, when, actually, actually, Piedmont, when you're looking to get out of there, how large a radius do you normally look? I like to try to keep my dead head as short as I possibly can. So, and, and especially, that's another thing, really good question. Really good question. Because before you take a load, I like to try to know the area to where I'm going to. So before I accept the load, I'm trying to look to see how strong is that area once I empty out. And Greenville, Spartanburg, and Anderson, I mean, that's my hometown, so <clears throat> I know a little bit about that market. And that's, um, what, what type of equipment are you going to use? Uh, I will start off with flatbed, and then uh, I have a scheme out of California for reefer. So when you're coming out of Piedmont, you're going to be with uh, reefer? What, what was that again, sir? When, you, when you're coming out of uh, South Carolina, you're going to be pulling a reefer? Uh, when I'm coming out of North Carolina this week, I'm, I'm going to be pulling flatbed. Okay, but when you get to South Carolina, you say you're going to be oh. in Piedmont. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be in, I'll, I'm on flatbed now. Okay, so let me, let me flip you over. Let me flip this map over to a flatbed. Uh, showing right now, coming out of the Greenville market, there's a 63 to 1 load-to-truck ratio for flatbed. Okay. So you should not, so you should absolutely not have any problem getting a load out of Greenville, South Carolina on a flatbed. Um, that, that, because there are so many shippers in that in that area right now, um, you really shouldn't have a problem at all getting a good rate and getting loaded really quickly out of that area. Um, Matter of fact, the company I'm working for has me pre-planned with an 88-mile deadhead to pick up tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> I, I, with a flatbed right now, I mean, it's, it's I mean, if, if I could show people the map that I'm looking at with the load to truck ratios on it. Uh, for some of the people that have been to the CMC that have seen this uh, map, it's uh, it's a colorized map, and like the darker the cost, it shows the the more uh, loads than trucks. The darker it is, and right now I have a, green is the indicating for for a flatbed, and I'm looking at a very dark green map, pretty much for the entire United States. The map is pretty. There are, there are a couple of spots in here where there's a little bit of light green, but for the most part. It is very dark green, which means it's party time for flatbed. Yes. Thank you. And, and I'm, you, I'm just a company driver now, but I'm looking forward to getting my authority sometime next year, so I'm trying to learn everything I can from all three of y'all. So what, what you're looking at getting your authority, where, where are you based out of? I'm based out of Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas, another good area for flatbed. Another another good area. So, are you looking at maybe trying to develop a lane between South Carolina and Houston, or? Uh, I really haven't decided yet. You know, uh, just basically that's why I'm. You know, I don't want to get an authority and not know what I'm going to do. So that's why I'm looking so far in advance, trying to figure out what I want to do before I actually jump in all the way. Okay, so. While you are, you can probably take some time while you're on somebody else's time to learn a lot of this stuff. Um, hopefully, you're already, you know, kind of getting your fuel mileage and everything, you know, as far as how to run the business. But 
when you're delivering at some of these places, are you making contacts with some of the people on the on the delivering side and on the pickup side, maybe getting getting some business cards and things of that nature? Not yet, but I uh, that's something I should be doing soon. I under, I understand that because uh, there's a steel plant out of uh, just north of Houston that I'd love to pull out of, and I need to figure out who the coordinator is up there. Yeah, I mean, um, Kevin made a great point on the weekend show. I heard, uh, I got to listen to the recording of it uh, last night when I was riding, and um, he was talking about, you know, sales is very tough, and when you making direct sales, you know, you it, it's it's better to get a little bit of training on how to do sales versus um, just going in willy nilly and and just going in and, and making a call without having some type of training or know what to say or, or how to say it. But, um, you know, he was recommending that we get some audio books on sales and maybe even attend a couple of seminars on sales. But, um, you know, I'm saying that to say that, you know, half of the battle on sales is relationships and building those relationships, getting those contacts um, while, you're, while you're already on somebody else's truck. You know, if you go in there and you've got a, a great personality and, um, you know, they get to know you a little bit better, then that, that gives you an easy... Uh, easy foot in the door when you finally make the move to make the jump to go in and get your own authority to transition all that much more easier. Um, so, so you definitely got to, you know, while, while you're taking the time to learn everything that you can, you're definitely doing all the right things on that, on that front. But, you know, go ahead and start building, building up a little database of, of different contacts so that it makes it makes your job a little bit easier and, and turns the cold call into a warm call when you get ready to make that move. Yes, sir. I'm looking forward to it. Well, thank you very much for taking my call and answering my questions. I appreciate it, Rico. Appreciate it. Thank you for calling in. Let's go to Jim and Charlotte. Hey, Rico. How you doing, Jim? Good, good. We've been home for a while, so uh, that's always nice. Extra nice to be home for. It's good, you know. The 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 trucking rates are so good. You know, a lot of us truckers have a much better than the average. Used to be the opposite, you know, where we'd have to be out for almost the whole month, and most people get the weekends off. But I have to say, my wife and I, we get more time off than the average. You know, we we get far more than eight days a month off, which is you know. So I'm I'm loving where the truck market is right now, even if it's not in its if it's not in its peak time right now. It's still you know it's still workable. Listen, man, you, Jim, you, you gonna get accused of being a slacker now? Mm, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right with me. I am a slacker. <laughs> it would be right. <laughs> so I, I see I, you wanted some information on some, on some lanes. How, how, uh, what type of equipment are we looking at? We have dry van, and uh, my wife and I have been used to teaming to Seattle. Uh, you know, and we and we really are tired of running through the winter weather, and, I, and so so you know, I, I'm I'm curious what you're seeing. I, do they do they list like a year round? Like, say we want to go to somewhere like Laredo, Texas, from Charlotte. You know, I, I know some people that do that out of Charlotte, but they don't really tell me their rates. You know, maybe they're maybe that's because they're either good. I don't know why, but you know, I was thinking Laredo might be a nice round trip for either a solo or a team. You know, because it's doable for either. Or or a place like I don't know Oklahoma City, 
So I was curious if they list not 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 necessarily just today's rate or this week's rate, but do they list like a yearly, like the last twelve months average rate, say out of Laredo to Charlotte? Actually, they do. They have uh, um, if you have the low board, they have a graph when you put the information in, and it goes as a twelve month graph that it also not only shows you what the rates have historically been but also gives you an, a historical indicator of what the low-to-truck ratio is in those particular markets so you can kind of see when the peak seasons are and when they start to fall off. Um, and right now I'm showing from Charlotte to Laredo in a drive box. Ooh, rate is not all that great. Um, showing $1.63 uh, per mile for all miles. No, that's not very great, is it? <laughs> what about coming back, no. though, from Laredo to Charlotte? Uh, when I flip it and reverse it, the rate is showing it's even worse, $1.52. Okay, so that tells me that maybe that's not a good round-trip lane to be looking at then, really. You know, that... No, and, 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 uh, and I think you're going at it the right way. I think that you, you know, you're trying to target what it is that you want to do. Uh, it just happens to be that Laredo, for uh, a lot of people like to run to Texas. I don't, you know, because um, you know, it pretty much means that you're going to get some pretty decent miles. But if you, right. if you can run, let me let me rephrase that. If you got, if you can run your operation, if you have a tight enough operation where you can make those numbers work, maybe the volume of miles might, you know, uh, uh, be able to make up for some of that. But um, man, it, 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 those numbers don't make you. Uh, Really don't make you. Uh, nothing no, they don't. <laughs> no, I don't want to work hard for. I don't. I already. Yeah, I don't want to work hard for my money. That's for sure. I don't want to do twice the miles to make. You know, if there's, uh, if there's even, you know, if there's, I'm, I'm really hoping to find a lane where I can average more like, you know, two dollars a mile drive in, which is right where the spot market. Kind of the, I'd say the yearly spot market average for drive in kind of stays just above two dollars. I'm guessing maybe two oh five. So I'm really looking for something where I'm not going to be below that. So I'll just have to do my homework. And um, what about, but just, just out of curiosity, would you, I don't want to hog, you know, if you got other callers, you can let me go. But if, uh, if you have time, what about something like Oklahoma City? Is there any freight out of there towards Charlotte? Yeah, uh, we're getting ready. we got about one minute left in the show. Uh, okay. I'm going to keep you Fair on. Enough. No, 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 no. You, you just stay on. I just want to wrap up real quick. Uh, just want to thank everybody for calling in. We got about a little, little more than one minute left in the show. Um, and to answer your question about Oklahoma City, um, Charlotte, Oklahoma City is it's great rate. Well, it's not necessarily great, but it's good going out to Oklahoma City from Charlotte. Showing a dollar ninety six cents per mile going out, but on the way back. Uh, you're gonna be walking the plank at a dollar forty-four. Oh, that's why it's good going out. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. And, but but see, you got the right idea. You want to start trying to target. Look at look at looking for markets that you can run to. Um, that's going to give you a good consistent um, round trip freight. Um, one thing that with a drive van, I'm trying to think of some different uh, uh, things that I might be interested. Oh. 
Charlotte, they have uh, there's a there's a, a a water bottler up in Charlotte. Um, not quite sure of their shipping radius. Um, you might want to try to find out about that place. Um, there, there, there's a few things in Charlotte in that area. Uh, I know that usually you 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 move you probably move a lot of those uh, Christmas trees when the season kicks in up that way in North Carolina. Well, I've been with Roadrunner. I'm, you know, I'm in the process. I'm waiting for our authority to get all, you know, here and done, you know, so I can get out of, you know, not to knock Roadrunner because we've made decent money with them, but I'm, this is the first year we're going to be, you know, basically before we only hauled road, we were just leased to Roadrunner. So now this is all new to me. So I, I do know, you know, ironically, <laughs> we have Christmas trees just west of here, you know, 100 miles west of Charlotte is where all those Christmas trees come from. And then, you right. know, you, you, weirdly enough, these very trees go out, like, towards Seattle because we have a different kind of Christmas tree, you know, where some people in Seattle, like, you know, the, uh, what's it called, the cedars and stuff that we have. You know, and then, so I, I was even wondering, like, but then, then you're getting into the winter stuff. But I do, I had thought about that, like, you know, if the Christmas trees pay good out of here to the northwest, then you can grab Christmas trees coming back for almost, you probably just as, you know, real high money during a certain time of the year anyway. Right, right. Um, and so you're based out of Charlotte. Yeah, exactly. And you're a team. See, that's the only thing that, that that team to get something long enough to where it makes sense for a team. Uh, I know running back and forth between Charlotte and Atlanta is a really good uh, a really good uh, run, um, and maybe even. Charlotte to uh, the Memphis market, I, and, and the reason I know that I, I've been I've been kind of playing with the numbers in those in those particular lanes, so I kind of know that those for as far as prop box is concerned is uh, a pretty good pretty good lane to be had there. Wow, that's fascinating because because really we could even my wife and I could just take turns like hey I'll do the. Although, you know, is it, yeah, that would work because you do 600 miles out, switch drivers, 600 miles. You know, Memphis is about 600 from here. So that right. actually would work. Right. And, 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 I, and I, I love your idea. So you, your, your goal is to try to stay, stay below I-40, I take it. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> In the winter especially, yeah. <laughs> tired, of, tired of putting on those chains in, in Oregon and Montana, Washington. You really don't want to do that anymore. I'm, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it at all. Um, yeah, you, um, and, and, and another thing, like I was telling the other caller, um, you might want to look at that Cape Yardle, um, uh, Missouri. Oh, Missouri. With, okay. With, with the, with the kitty litter. I know that that guy has a, a bunch of loads coming out of there. Also, um, in that in that same area, uh, you know Lexington and Bowling Green and stuff like that. Because you you, see, you got Ford that has some plants in that area. Um, then you got the Carvet plant there in Bowling Green. So you got you know you, there, there's some auto parts. There's, there's opportunities there in those particular lanes for for auto parts. So just trying to throw throw little nuggets at you so that you said you were trying to get your own authority. So that, those might be some things that you might want to look into. Uh, when you when you get ready to get your own authority to try to see if you can uh, find some contacts for some direct customers on those on those type deals right there, and especially by you having a team 
I know that the uh, auto industry, and, and by you being in Charlotte, you're right up the street from uh, Greenville, South Carolina, and there's a lot of auto industry in Greenville, South Carolina with the BMW plant and everything that's going on down there. Um, so so there, there may be an opportunity to be had running back and forth, uh, you know, with the different suppliers, because those suppliers and all that stuff runs on that just in time. So those suppliers and everything that are in that in those particular markets may be suppliers to those places as well. So just just some ideas. I don't have any other than the the one I was the one contact that I know of up in uh, Cape Girardeau with the, with Kitty Litter. Um, but those are some other things that you you know you might want to think about as far as uh, with a team operation. I'm pretty. I, I'm, I know that the auto industry would love to have someone uh, that that. They're not going to have an issue with uh, lawful issues with, with getting a freight moved on, in a timely manner. Yeah, no, that's a good. Do you mind me asking, Rico? Um, like, yeah, I know you're, you focus on the Atlanta area. Is there like a directory? Because I, I haphazardly, as I'm driving around, I see weird stuff like carrier refrigeration, for example, makes the, uh, I think that's where they, they, there's a big carrier plant here, and I believe that's where they make the refrigeration units for refrigerated trailers, and I didn't even know they were in here. I just happened to drive by them. Is there a directory of, like, like if I wanted to find out all the businesses within 100 miles of Charlotte that manufacture, have you come across any directory that would take me, that would show me those, or, or is that, or isn't there really a, I mean... I don't know. You know, that seems sure. like there there must be. Sure, sure. There, um, the the free ones online is called. Uh, it's one called uh, Thomas Net. You can go to Thomas Net. There is uh, Webster's online. Um, and I, I I put up. It's been a while ago. I put a link up to a few of these online on some on, on in some of the groups. Um, let me uh, let me go to my bookmarks. I'm gonna go in my bookmarks because I got a lot of this stuff bookmarked. Um, now, now let me ask you what you're saying. That does this because I know there's a lot of there are a lot of manufacturing places also that don't really ship truckload stuff. You know, they make stuff that's really not big stuff that would go on a. You know, they might make like a lot real small stuff or low. You know, uh, not or or they might put it on the rail. I'm look I'm kind of looking to narrow it down into actual ship co- companies that would you know. Sh- they would want stuff on a dry van or, or or a flatbed or, you know, although we just have dry van, but somehow not to get all the different manufacturers where it might just be vitamins, you know. I mean, there's a vitamin manufacturer north of here, but they wouldn't have, it wouldn't be, it would be more like UPS. You know, they'd be mailing small little packages, right. not big truckloads. Right. One way one way that you can determine that, uh, you 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 basically once you find out what it is they're trucking you 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 kind of get to find out um, exactly how much uh, how much stuff they're moving. Um, you, you're not far from Greenville. I don't know how much you like the Deadhead. I don't know a whole lot. There is a lot of stuff in Charlotte, but uh, there's a ton of stuff down in uh, South Carolina right there in, in the Greenville market, Greenville, Anderson, Spartanburg. I mean, there's a ton of stuff that's that's right there and there's a ton of stuff right there uh, in, in charlotte but i i'm not you know i by me staying used to living in uh rainbow south carolina I, I know a lot of that stuff off the top of my head there's there's uh the millican plant that i know that i was once doing uh i was once doing some stuff with millican and uh, it was shipping round trip from uh union south carolina right up to greensboro uh 
$600 per load, which is only like 186 miles. Um, wow. Pretty, pretty decent little short runs, but, I'm, but, they, but they had some consistency to them. Uh, and, and there's stuff out there like that. You just got to kind of beat the bushes and try to and, and, and drive that stuff out. Um, okay. The the other the other one, like I said, there's a Webster's online. There is a um, uh, MNI lead. Thomas Net is a, a another really good one. Um, and you can just go in there and just start digging around and uh, try to find the free resources that are on there. And that, and all of that stuff is going to be broken up by SIC codes or NI, I mean NAICS codes. Uh, and those are the different manufacturing codes and stuff like that for, for whatever they produce. Okay. And don't and and you can put in there directly what you you can put in there by zip code and everything like that, and that'll give you um, a good indication of where you can start looking at to target those shippers. You know, I had one more thing. Let me just say, if if, if you don't mind, uh, I had the idea. You know, I, I used to drive for Schneider, who has a terminal here in Charlotte. We used to drive for U.S. Express, that has a terminal here. So I know the end road runner now. I know they all have sales agents that are going out trying to acquire freight. I've I've actually had the uh, idea to try to get a hold of one of these salespeople and say, look, on the side, you know, can 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 you give me some, you know, some. Because they would have a lot of street street smarts, you know, just because they're out there every day peddling, trying to get the freight, you know, stole to the. Have you ever done any of that, you know? Because that, that I, I always like to take the easy way out. So I was thinking, you know, these I got to find somebody that just knows the area, because uh, I've only been here ten years. But I was thinking, I I don't want to do anything too dirty, you know, with with that either, where where I could compromise somebody's. My integrity, I'm not worried about, but I'm worried about theirs. <laughs> so, no, you know, I, I, I don't think I, think, I think if you have like an LTL freight guy, I mean, he's out trying to find an LTL freight, and he's, and he's pretty much turned down a lot of truckload freight. So, but, but if he has any uh, resources and doesn't mind making an extra buck, if he can introduce you, you know what I'm saying, I mean, it would be something that's based on trust. Uh, right. If he can introduce you and help you get your foot in the door to get a direct customer, I don't see a problem with you kicking him, you know, a ten percent commission off of a load or something, you know, or, or you know, uh, and and hell, some 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 of these guys, you know, if if, if you got a good enough relationship with them, you, you know, uh, you know, you kick him in a little residual off off of a few loads, you know, take them out to dinner or something like that. I mean, but but what if they, if they can get you into a, a worthy customer? then right. I think that's money well spent. Yeah, that'd be like if you're in Atlanta, you, you find a, a prime or an England sales agent <laughs> and say, how much are they paying you for, you know, to, you know, it'd be, I think a lot of that goes on, you know, it's not necessarily, nobody would advertise it, but, uh, well, you know, you, I don't think it, it'd be, a, and if, if you start, if you target, you know, if you target your competitions that, that's going out and doing, you know, that might, be, that might fall a little, you know, that might not be so, so so great, but if you got a guy, if you got an LTL freight guy, I mean, he's not the LTL companies not, are not really uh, they're not in the business of moving truckloads, uh, but they are in companies, you know, they, they are in places where truckloads are being moved, and and instead of them, uh, uh, you know, if they're already in there talking to their customer, and they already got that relationship established, and if they can help you make that a warm call versus a cold call, and help get you in there. Then yeah. I think you know uh, uh, 
I, I don't think anything's wrong with that. I think that's that's a that's a great model. I, that's one of the things that I used to do coming from LTL background. I used to be an LTL driver, and when I knew I was going to make my move, I started talking to my sales salesmen at the company where I was at and letting them know that I'm going to be buying my own truck. And you know, if they could uh, help me out, throw me some uh, throw me some contacts for people that they know of where they need some help with moving uh, truck low freight. And, and that helped well, me out tremendously when I was first starting out. Have you ever thought? I know there's a guy on the on the website on one of the Facebook groups that he he, he you know like a roadrunner. They do a lot of small LTL, like a pallet here, two pallets there. I was even thinking, you know, if a guy could put together maybe four larger LTL, like maybe four four pallet orders, going to a certain place. Yeah, I think I heard C.H. Robinson has an LTL, like, where they can try to get that stuff to help you group stuff like that. Have you ever looked at that? You know, because I thought about that also, like, try to find... I know, like, between here and Los Angeles, there's tons of LTL where it wouldn't be hard to find four customers each where instead of having a local guy pick it up where I could actually pick it up and head out, you know, and then uh, find the same thing out there coming back. I mean, I guess the the possibilities are endless, aren't they? Right, yeah, I heard. I think CH does have a, a division that does that. I'm not familiar with it. I, that's something that I, I didn't, uh, I didn't really pursue because uh, sometimes with the LTL stuff, you know, it gets a little cumbersome with all of the uh, stops and everything, and it's been, you know, a lot more chance for something to go wrong. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Right. Well, I thank you for all that help. I'll try to. I've been. Out of the loop for a while. I'll try to get back in the loop here. I like your show, so I'll try to call next week and keep learning. Well, I, I appreciate it. Thanks for the support. Well, and with okay, that said, yes, sir. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we are. Well, the show ended a little while ago, but uh, whenever someone has a question or something like that, we'll go into overtime and try to make sure we get everything addressed. I appreciate everyone once again for calling in and supporting us tonight. And that has been the Rates and Lanes podcast. Everyone have a good night. Thanks for joining us on Rates and Lanes. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-PUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.